Greetings from your host Ken Wang. This is the Badger Herald podcast. Today, our guest is a member of the Madison Food Council, and she will talk about her experience there. So, Teal, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. And would you please introduce yourself and the work you do at the council? Yes, thank you for having me. My name is Teal Evans, and I am a citizen volunteer member of the Madison Food Policy Council. So, generally, you know, what do you do at the council? Like, what what's what's your role there? Yeah, so my role as a citizen member is I sit in on our monthly meetings, and at those meetings, there is always a variety of things going on, whether it be approving grant funding for our HRAP or our community food access grants, or updates on different projects we have funded in the past, or you know things that we have sent on to Common Council and things like that. I am also part of different work groups within the Food Policy Council, so you know there's different work groups that these councils do. So there's the healthy retail access. And then I'm a part of the fairs work group, which is the economic, it's basically like an economic relief work group. And that was actually formed in response to the COVID-19 crisis and food access. So food, food access, you know, is really important. And it really showed during COVID-19 when So many people lost their jobs or were laid off and had to resort to different different modes of receiving food, whether that be from a food bank or a local church or a local community organization. And so I helped to co-chair that work group. And we are very much the more economic relief and grant funding and and distribution entity of the Food Policy Council. So as you mentioned, you know, there are different groups within the council. So on a, you know, more general basis, what does the Food Council mainly do, you know, besides uh, food assistance? Yes, we often will either recommend policies for, you know, the mayor or for common councils to look at different like maybe shifts in ordinances, food policies that can that can be a number of things from from different retail access points for food to food truck vendors and where they might align within the city, just many different things. So our focus is going to be more on policy or maybe like budgetary allotment that we get from the city and how we how we distribute that funding. And mostly that is going to be through grants from our group. So we hear them, you know, each month people can apply. It's, you know, on a, on a rolling basis, it's not, it's not, you know, a strict deadline except for our, except for our most recent um, round of funding, which was the 
community food access grant, which took place of our seed grants this year. Normally every year we were doing seed grants and that was a total of $50,000 that we could distribute to the community. This year it was the community food access grants and it was raised to $150,000 in funding that we could distribute to the community. And each group was able to apply for a grant up to $25,000. So we, you know, pass things like that so that the money can get out into the community and to organizations that are doing the really on the ground work of food access, distribution, and, you know, even programming for kids and justice involved kids or justice involved adults in the community. So, you know, as, as you mentioned, that you work on policies and, and budget at the council. I believe that indicates a relationship with the, with the city government or the state government. So what exactly is the relationship between the food council, the city government, and, and the state government? So I would say the relationship is more, so this was a, back in 2012, this Madison Food Policy Council was created by Mayor Paul Soglin. So he was interested in food access issues. So it is a mayoral appointed group, but it's all volunteer based. So we have a number of different styles of volunteers. So we try to have representation from a local, like a local food space. So that a restaurant or a grocery store, something like that. We also have multiple alders on our council. So that would also be intertwined with some of our local government. And then we have citizen members like myself, and then also people who are with public health of Dane County, different, you know, healthcare providers, nurses, dietitians, things like that. So our connection is that we get funding from the city and then it was also a mayoral appointed. So our chair or our, our kind of leader is he, he works for the city under the mayor. So that would be kind of our connection to city and political things. So, you know, by being involved uh, in this council, I'm sure you guys will learn different issues from different people and different groups. To what extent is food insecurity and hunger a problem for Madison residents? And who are the people that are, are affected mostly by this? I would say that food insecurity is a huge issue in the Madison community. And this, I think, is something that people would be, I would say, probably surprised to learn. Maybe not so much anymore because of COVID. And I think that really, I think COVID really opened up, you know, some of the really deep wounds of food distribution in general for all of the public, just based on, you know, grocery store shortages of everything in the beginning of March, 2020. But that is, you know, that is something that's been going on for a long time for people, you know, food, just because there's a grocery store doesn't mean people have the ability to get there or the ability to purchase food at that grocery store. So access comes in many different ways. It can be socioeconomic, it can be transportation, it can also be lack of 
of time. Like you may be working three, four jobs and not able to actually have time to go to the grocery store. So I think it is a pretty big issue. And that is a very historically rooted, I think, issue in Madison. And then with COVID, I mean, we saw a rise of almost three times the amount of people using our food banks in the Madison community. And that's not even that's not even Dane County or Wisconsin. That's just in Madison. So it's hard to say who's the most affected anymore because I think, again, I think COVID changed a lot of that. I think it has really opened that up. But I think communities of color and you know kids and a lot of time the elderly are going to be the most affected by food access issues. Would you what you just said thus go a little bit into uh, my next question, which is how has the pandemic exacerbated food insecurity in Madison, and especially from a you know administrative point of view, how has the pandemic affected the funding? As you have mentioned before, you know you work in budgetary, so how has the pandemic affected the funding? Some of the work that you guys do. Yeah, like I mentioned, there's been a threefold of people utilizing our food banks and things like that. And that's not even things like like Madison community, like fridges or church groups or community members or farmers, things like that. And that's also part of our food system. So it's it's definitely exacerbated it. It's exacerbated the distribution that farmers have to their traditional clientele basis, or also to centers like Community Action Coalition, which are like food gathering areas. And then they, you know, send food out to food banks or other things in our community that will take food. So I think it's just really, it's highlighted some of the issues that have existed, but it's also added that extra layer of basically no in-person anything, which, you know, a lot of homeless folks will get food from, you know, different, like different food distribution areas. And, you know, if that's only in person, it's really hard to get food to people. I would say like budgetarily, obviously we were able to get a little bit more money because it is a huge issue in the Madison community. But I would say for a lot of our community partners, for different food banks, for different like startups, for different organizations that have been doing this really important work, I would say it's really put a strain on them because they aren't getting as many donors or there's an organization on the North side called Feed Kitchens, which is a space where people in the community can rent out a kitchen space to make food to sell or maybe for their food cart or things like that. And with so many people not doing their food carts or, you know, not doing home delivery food or whatever it may be, you know, there's less people going to those kitchens to make the say. So even those really important places like a community kitchen are being, are being down the line felt all of this really hard pressure of like, okay, 
getting the money in the door to stay open. And I think that is something that's also really been highlighted is how important food is, but how little funding is actually provided by, you know, federal, state, regional, community-based anything. And I think that's something that's been highlighted definitely through COVID. As as you have mentioned before, food insecurity is obviously a big issue. You know, it's also a multifaceted issue that needs a lot more work to, to be solved. But on the other hand, obesity is also a issue, a health issue that is related to food. So what does the Food Council do to promote a healthy diet and, and combat obesity in the Madison community? Yes, I am no dietitian, but I do know also that food access goes hand in hand with obesity or issues of what people can eat as well. When you don't have access to you know, healthy foods, you're going to get those more, you know, calorie or fat dense foods, which are contributing factors as many things are to obesity. But one thing that we do in the Madison Food Policy Council is we have the Healthy Food Retail and Healthy Retail Access Program. So again, the Healthy Retail Access Program is another space where you could apply for a grant if you are one of the main appliers is like grocery stores. So local community grocery stores will apply to these grants to be able to buy equipment that they need, special refrigeration or things like that. And it also helps to get more diverse foods. So a lot of them are going to be like like an Asian grocery store or one opened on the South side called Luna's Groceries and they applied for a healthy retail access grant. So it's going to be getting more culturally appropriate foods that are still really healthy for people into different areas. We are definitely not like an advisory group of people who's going to tell you what you should and should not eat because <laughs> that is, it kind of goes a little bit against food, food access a little bit and isn't necessarily, I think, a huge driving factor. It's more about supporting local produce when it's in season here in Wisconsin and getting that to people as well as getting year round food to people versus don't eat this or and only eat that. I hear you. Absolutely. So obviously, you know, the council has taken a lot of initiatively, a, a lot of initiatives in terms of policy, budget, you know, healthy diet. So what are some initiatives uh, has the food council implemented to create a a more environmentally friendly or sustainable food system? Yeah, I would say a lot of that has to do with food waste, as well as getting more local food to more community partners. So we have a food waste work group as well. And that is one thing that Feed Kitchens also helps with on the north side is they repackage foods so that they can be then 
provided to the community. So when we were, you know, in person, you know, and doing things, big organizations like Epic or different, you know, larger businesses in the communities, if they have like a cafeteria on camp on their campus, like Epic does, they would have you know, set amount of food waste from that day. And the feed kitchens could pick that up and then, you know, repackage the macaroni and cheese or the salads or the soups and things like that and provide it to the community, different food banks, community action coalition, other things like that. So there is a big focus on that as well as, you know, rerouting some of the produce from farmers markets if they would have gone to waste to begin with, they can be repurposed within the community. And I think that's also really important work is understanding how much food every year goes to waste, which is astronomical amounts. So I think there's definitely more that needs to be done in the food waste area. But again, that is a little bit of a complex issue that also has to deal with various distribution methods. And so we do tie it in with food access, even though it doesn't sometimes I feel like some people are like, oh, why, why are you worried about, you know, food waste? And it it definitely goes hand in hand with food access. As do you, food access, food waste, and, you know, food production, all of these are closely uh, related So Wisconsin as a whole, as a massive agricultural and food production industry, what kind of relationship does the Food Council have with farmers and food companies? Food companies, I would say, I mean, me as a council member, not really much. Maybe our, you know, chairs, co-chairs and, you know, people working for the city have more connection with that, but we don't as like a general council, I would say, other than, you know, a food company, like a grocery store or something like that, maybe applied for a grant. We do, you know, check in with those organizations from time to time, but not like it wouldn't be like a food company, like a granola bar company or something. We don't really have any connection with those types of companies. And then what was the second part of the question? Um, the second part is like, what's your, what's the food council's relationship with farmers? Farmers. Yes. Yeah. So we have a connection with farmers and farmer markets. So we also do like the double dollars program, which is going to be something that takes place at definitely the downtown and some other local farmers markets where it's a snap and food it's for snap and food share users. So what, what it does is it offers like a dollar for dollar match on any like snap transaction up to $25. So snap again is going to be a food share program. So that would be something that you apply for outside of like the council or outside of a farmer's market. And then you can bring that to the farmer's market. And instead of getting, you know, instead of getting $1, you get, you get double the dollars for, for being able to spend on food at the farmer's market and anything, anything that is eligible at the farmer's market. 
Great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of this good information to wrap up our conversation here. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have such a great conversation with me. I personally learned a lot about the organization. Obviously, you and your coworkers do some very important things for the medicine community, and I'm sure we're all very appreciative of that. Please keep up the good work, and I wish you the best of luck. Thanks for having me. Of course. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions about our program, please contact us at podcast@badgerherald.com. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Please stay tuned for more episodes. I'm your host Ken at the Badger Herald. This is the Badger Herald podcast. This episode is edited by Keegan Schlosser. The script is prepared by Jeffrey Dees, Quincy Croner, and myself. Thank you, Malian Medina and Emma Grant, for contributing to this episode. It would have not been possible without your input.